Hey, oh, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 211 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couch Town Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa. It's roasted by somebody who's a musician. They just liked coffee so much they decided to roast some. And guess what? They're roasting it for everybody. All you have to do is go to CouchtownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like. They'll roast it specifically for you and then ship it to your house. That's like my favorite part. If you make an order, they're not like roasting piles and piles of beans and then eventually shipping off what they roast, you know, weeks earlier. That's not how they're doing it. They're they're roasting everything in small batches just for you. And that's awesome. It's custom made coffee specifically for you. So all you have to do is go to couchtowncoffee.com, find a coffee you like. And when you do, you just make an order and let them know Audible Farm sent you and you'll get 20% off because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. And uh, I'm just saying this, It's like I said, it's my favorite coffee. I drink it all the time. It is absolutely delicious. You guys, if you, if you drink coffee in the morning, if you brew your own coffee, even if you don't brew your own coffee, give it a whirl. I say give it a try. Uh, you know, never hurts to try something new. Plus, it's, you know, supporting local. That's the way to do it. Speaking of supporting local, this podcast is also brought to you by the patrons on the Audible Farm Patreon channel. Uh, we just had a, a few new subscribers on the Patreon channel, so I just wanted to give a shout out and say thanks to everybody on there. Uh, you know, eventually this is going to get too big and I won't be able to do this anymore, but I'll find a new way to tell everyone thanks. Either way, Patreon channel, all you got to do is go there. The link's down below. You can watch video versions of the podcast. It costs $1 a month. You can pay as much as you like. Uh, but yeah, $1 is all it costs. So you just go there, you, you find it. If you want to watch some of the videos, boom, $1 a month. You can watch as many as you want uh, just for a dollar. You know, that's that's pretty cheap. But I got to say thanks and big shout out to uh, Justin, Harold, Matt, Abby, Andy, Ronley, Vincent, uh, Eric, Nate, and American Made Music did also uh, Marshall from American Made Music. Boom. Got to give a shout out to them. They Patreon subscribers. And uh, the McAllister Hours, uh, another Iowa podcast. Got to give a shout out to them as well. So uh, thank you guys very much for being subscribers of the Patreon channel. All right. This episode, I'm sitting down with Marshall Schneider. And we're talking about all sorts of things. I, I never talked to him or met him before, but his band is American Made. They're from the Vinton-ish area. It's kind of on that I-380 area on uh, eastern, central-ish sort of Iowa. But we talk about all sorts of good stuff. Like They had an EP that came out in 2020, which is really awesome. We talk about the difficulties a lot of bands had during that time span, mostly you know, just based on um, the isolation that took a lot, you know, took place during that time span. But we talk about that and how the band formed, how they got together, you know, transforming from a two piece to a three piece, uh, dreams of doing a four piece, you know, being on Steve Shetler's KBOE. Uh, Steve's been on the podcast before, you know, and uh, we've talked about that show before on the podcast. I got to give a shout out to that. That's amazing. Uh, you know, it's good that, you know, he's out there, he's, they're doing it. The band's out there playing shows. They're having fun. Uh, they're out there, you know, hopping on all of the local avenues to try their best to, to get their word out that they're out there making music. If you guys want to check out this podcast, it's going to be awesome. Uh, once again, sitting down with Marshall Schneider from American made music, uh, or American made music, uh, American made music is what it is on Facebook. There's a link to that down below, but yes, uh, Marshall Schneider, American made this episode's fun. I like sitting down talking with people that I've never met before. It kind of gives me a chance to just open book and kind of talk to them about whatever, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, I had a blast sitting down talking with Marshall, and I hope you guys too. Uh, he's the vocalist for the band. He plays some rhythm guitar. He does some songwriting. We talk about how he got involved in playing guitar. He started playing guitar late. I'm divulging too much. Uh, you guys are going to love this episode. Uh, it's episode number 211 with Marshall Schneider from American Made. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Sitting down today, talking with Marshall Schneider. Marshall, you had reached out to me um, via one of the social medias. I can't remember which one, but... Uh, and you were saying, uh, I've got a band, we, we play all sorts of different types of music, we have different influences. Uh, I went and found you guys. It's uh, country-ish, maybe? Yeah. All right. Yeah, country, a little out country, a little southern rock, you know. Yeah. So let's, let's, 
I gotta name the band. <laughs> we gotta name the band before I get too much into this. Uh, before I forget, it's uh, American Made is the band. Uh, your American Made music on uh, social media. I found you on Spotify as American Made. So, uh, yeah, that's yep. the band. But uh, how did the how did uh, the band get started? Uh, so I was with another band for a little bit and, uh, once I broke up with them, I was just doing solo shows for a while, just, you know, keeping music moving. And, uh, my brother had a buddy named Rob that would come to my shows and he played guitar and he's like, man, I'd love to jam with you sometime. So he came over and, uh, yeah, we just, I was like, well, I came out of a band. Let's start another one. Yeah. <laughs> so well, kudos to you for like the whole. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are like, they get into a band, it doesn't go right, and then they're just like, I guess that's it, you know? Um, so kudos to you for giving it a second shot, you know? Yeah, well, I, kudos to Rob for believing in me, too. So. <laughs> well, that's another cool thing. You got to give a shout out to Rob for going to the show, you know, uh, the people that are out there supporting the other musicians, you know, those are the people that tend to get invited to go play the other shows sometimes, you know, it's... It's just one yeah. of those one of those things, networking, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that's why I want to reach out to you. I mean, you, I, I love your podcast. I love the Iowa music scene. I like how you bring it together. I just try try my best, man. I mean, that's uh, shouldn't be undersold networking in some capacity, whether it's with your local scene or or reaching out across the state. It's uh, definitely something important, and uh, you know, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna circle right back to it, but. Uh, uh, you talking about the band, but I did see you were on KBOE. Steve Shetler uh, had an interview with you. I had him on the podcast not terribly long ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's really cool. So we're going to come back to that and talk about that. But you formed the band. It was it was you and Rob. You kind of got started. What year was that that you guys formed the band? I think our first show was New Year's Eve 2019. So it'd be, let me see here. Would that be like the end of 2018 or would that be the end of 2019? Going into 2020, I believe. Oh, wow. Crazy. So you, so. <laughs> you play your first show. It's a new year. You're like, yes, going to get a lot of shows booked. No, no, it wasn't. It was going into 19 because then 20, we had a lot of things set up. Okay. And it was our second year. Like, oh, man, that's going to be a big year. And it wasn't yeah yeah it wasn't a very big year for anyone unfortunately uh but yeah i mean that's super cool that you know like i said you go out there you meet another guy you're like hey let's get some jamming done you get you get some gigs booked and uh you know you get a strong year out of it you did though uh find something to do in 2020 you guys released an, an ep we did and we did that uh right before all this happened because we actually wanted to go back and redo some things and then the you know whole COVID thing happened, and we didn't get a chance to go back to the studio. So we're like, let's just get it mastered. We sent it. So I wasn't real happy with how it got mastered. Um, we sent it somewhere, and uh, and got released how it was. But I mean, we were still excited to release it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I found that online. I mean, that's available pretty much anywhere. Uh, the EP is called Both Sides. It was released in 2020. Uh, were you guys a duo? You guys were a duo at that time, correct? We were, yeah, absolutely. So did you guys both write the songs together for that uh, EP, or how did that uh, kind of come about? We wrote two of those songs together, uh, and then I wrote the rest. Alrighty, alrighty. So uh, I, I do have to ask, though. I did listen to the album. Uh, drums? Who's playing the drums? And uh, drums, um, uh, his first name is Brian. I can't. He was a session drummer that we hired. I can't remember what his last name is, but fabulous drummer. Yeah, yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I believe the promo picture for it or maybe it was the album cover it was something for that album i'd seen there was just two of you and i was like huh yes there's sounds like there's drums in here though you know and then uh i had seen um i guess like just cruising through your social media that that you're actually a three-piece now though so that came about because we've been looking for a drummer drummers for us have been tough drummers for as good as they're supposed to keep time cannot show up on time for anything <laughs> at least for me that's always been my joke with, I mean, just generally musicians, there's always like somebody that's late to something. It's just so funny how, like you said, all we do, the whole thing we do is keeping in time with one another. And it's so funny because it seems like every band's got the one person that's just like, ah, come on, right. like five minutes late everywhere. Sarah's, Sarah's not a drummer. Uh, we had a party and invited a bunch of drummers and nobody wanted to sit down and Sarah sat down on a cajon while me and Rob were jamming out and 
she's just filling that spot until we can find a drummer. But she's a yeah, an accomplished uh, piano player. Oh wow! And as soon as we can get her on the keys, somebody else behind the drum. I mean, it's going to really open up our sound. That's wild. That's wild. So what was it like going from a, a two-person kind of like live show, you know, if you just do the two of you, to now you have three people. So what's it like having three people play for like a live show? You know, it's like adding drums. Is it adding – I mean, it's it's just the cajon, but I feel like adding the backbeat probably adds like a, a weirdly it, large it, amount a, of structure or something. It sure does. I mean, it, it's, it fills a big void that we were having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – so, I mean, it rounds out the music. I mean, it's not as full as it could be, but it's definitely a, a fuller sound than what we had when it was just two guitars. Yeah. I mean, it, it should be like said that like you can play the guitar like very percussively if you really want to, but I still think that it, it sounds better when somebody else is doing, you know, like I can play the guitar like a drum, but it's better than, it's better if a drum is playing like a drum than a guitar, you know? Absolutely. You know? Yes. Plus, like, um, I mean, I'm sure you've had these situations, too, where you play, like, as a two-piece, and you go somewhere, and maybe people are clapping along to the music, and you're like, man, even these people clapping along sounds good, you know? Like, I just wish I had somebody <laughs> clapping to every song. Yeah, so Rob would stop some songs, and he'd just start a clap, you know, for the crowd to go, and, it, and that, just, with one guitar and him clapping and the crowd getting into it makes a huge difference. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's wild. I mean, that, there's definitely something to be said for a crowd that's into it, too. I don't care if it's 200 people or 20 people or two. Uh, if they're loving it, it's it's hard to say no when they ask for more music. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's... Yeah. That's some of my favorite stuff ever. So how many shows did you guys end up playing before you released the EP? You said you, you started, it would have been New Year's Eve of 2018 oh, going into 19. So you played all of 19. I mean, was it? Were yeah, you, I don't know how we played. We probably played close to 25 or 30 shows in 19. Nice. And then, you know, somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a decent amount. It's one every other weekend, you know? Yeah. And then, I mean, we're jamming, you know, at least once a week at that point, And if not twice, you know, we're just sitting down. We're just having fun making music. Uh, that's, that's honestly what it's all about though. Like I've found that, uh, the bands that I've gotten along with the best were the ones where you just kind of sit down and you play music and you don't really care too much about, you know, oh, I, I like this better than that. Or, you know, or, you know, there's, there's a purpose, but there's not really a purpose. You're kind of just playing and goofing around. I, I just, there's something about that that I just absolutely love. Plus, it's probably really conducive to songwriting. Yeah, so our thing is is we like to sit around some Saturday nights when there's no shows and have people over and get drunk in the garage, play music, and record the whole thing. And you have no idea how many lines for songs have come out of those drunken recordings. Ah, that's a... Uh... That was one of those studio tricks that, like, when studios first started going digital, I remember, like, I was I was young, and I was looking up all this kind of stuff, and people were finally, like, these bands were building their own studios, and it wasn't just, like, a niche thing where, like, certain bands had their own studios. All of these bands were just like, we have our own studio now. We're building a studio. And, we're, and what they would do is they would do exactly like you said. They would record everything. So, like, when you walk through the door, it just started recording things. And that was in every room. Right. There was live mics in every room, so you could, like literally capture everything whether it's somebody practicing in the side room or whatever it is and you could end up getting you know all the gems you could scour through all of this stuff to get what you wanted out of it yes which i mean there's something to be said for that yeah so i mean that's you can get get real creative when you get pretty loose with friends (laughs) that's true that's true so that that leads me to uh ask the question uh if you're writing a, a decent amount of the lyrics for this does like do you have like a lyric book do you keep lyrics down or are you like uh do you record them into your phone or or how does that work out so i i like the uh little notebook on my phone works great because i can talk into it and do it faster than writing it down and forgetting half of what i just you know was gonna write down Mm. and then once i get a song that's complete then it goes in a notebook oh there you go so you can like so I got a notebook, you know, full of complete songs. And then I have a list on my phone full of partial songs, one-liners, a word. I mean, that's – I wish I was more organized in that fashion because I'm – I have failed for like 15 years to, to to write down anything in a book. And I'm always just like, I'll remember that. And guess what? <laughs> I never remember it. And like you said, some, some- – 
ever remember. Yeah, some of the, like some of the best one, like you said, even a one-liner, just like a, a couple words, even where you're just like, this has this means something. I don't know what it means, but it means something to me. Maybe later. Oh, I'll, absolutely. You know, I don't even remember those where it's just like, what were, what were those words I was trying? You know, it's so weird that like things like that can be just like a flash of inspiration that just disappears in an instant if you don't record it. Yep, and sometimes that inspiration, it doesn't hit right away. So I got stuff that I just finished a song yesterday that I've had a line written down for for months, and I just went back and read that line and wrote the song probably within 20 minutes. Oh, wow. (laughs) Isn't that always the way it goes, though, too? Like, it seems like if you're really, really forcing it, it takes forever, and then the end result, you're like, meh. But then, like, the good ones, are they're just they just come out, and they're like, there, that one came out easy, you know? Yeah. I'm saying that as a person that's not a songwriter, but hey, you know, like, I, I just see people doing it, and that's usually how it goes. They're like, ah, I wrote this, you know, in my car, uh, you know, waiting and, you know, for somebody to get out of Target or something. It's like, how do you, what? But you're also, I feel yeah. like, I feel like you gave away a nice secret. You can, like, digitally capture all this stuff. Uh, I was always... I was always like thinking like, oh, then the voice recorder on my phone would probably be best, but you can do voice to text and it would be just as good. And that's exactly what you're doing. So then you can, then you get all these little strands of songs and you can digitally manipulate them any way you want and copy paste them into other notebooks. And then, then you physically write it down when it's done. I mean, it's, it's it's beautiful. It's instead of like having a whole (laughs) notebook where you're writing stuff down, you erase stuff 40 times. You can barely read things. I've lost more notebooks. I I mean, I got four kids and you know, kids steal a notebook real quick, (laughs) especially the little, uh, so, I mean, I've lost more notebooks than I can count. So it just, it makes sense for me to keep it on my phone. And then my, my book where everything is kept is kept in a better spot than the, all the other notebooks ever were. <laughs> oh man. I, I couldn't imagine that would be like, have you ever lost a song that you were just like, Oh, I wrote it down and it was only physical. And now it's now I don't have a copy of it anymore. So I wrote one, um, on my phone and I had just finished it and I didn't write it down on paper and I broke my phone and could not get it off of there. Oh no. <laughs> and to this day, I still remember like a line here or a line there, but I can't remember the whole, I can't remember how it was all put together. Oh, wow. But it was, it was a good drinking song, I can tell you that. <laughs> so the other thing that blows my mind about songwriters is you guys, there's only, there's only so many chords people can play. And I'm not, and I'm not talking like, oh, every song is GCD over and over again. So I'm not talking about that, but there's literally only a finite number of chords and only so many patterns you can put them in. But then, like, let's say you're going to write um, something with just, like, open chords, and then you got uh, those written above lyrics and things like that. Like, how do you remember the rhythm of these songs before you actually digitally record them? Like, you know, like, with the guitar and things like that down. So when I write a song, I never have an instrument instrument in my hand. Okay. I, 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 I write it. And I hear everything in my head. I can hear, like, the song I just finished, I can hear all that music in my head. And then I'll figure it out on a guitar um, as I go. Oh, wow. But I yeah, I can't sit there with a guitar in my hand and write, but I can hear a rhythm in my head and I can hear a melody in my head. And once the words are out, I can sing it in that melody and then I can start hammering out the chords and the progressions and all that. Oh, that's wild. I mean, the old trope was always the melody comes first and then the lyrics are second, which I was I was thinking. So, I mean, I'm self-taught, so I, everything might be backwards, but I, I, I know what I know. Well, I was thinking as you were saying that, I was like, man, he's he's doing it backwards from the way I thought it was always supposed to be done, which there's no rules. You can do it any way you want. But then you said you hear the melody in your head. So you've already got a melody built. You just don't have it on an instrument yet. So you did think right. of a melody and, and that's how this is. This is how the words are going. And then you just had to add, that's genius. I mean, it makes total sense. It, uh, I mean, otherwise, if you don't have a melody and you're writing lyrics, I guess it's just poetry at that point, but still like poems can become songs too. So I mean, that's, yeah, you can definitely do that. Cause I mean, when you write down these one liners, you don't have a whole melody out in your head. I don't know. I just, uh, just, you know, some stuff sparks an interest, so I'll write it down, but I don't have anything that's going with that yet. Usually. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, the songwriting no matter how simple or how complex songwriting is always something that has intrigued me. I'm kind of like an add on type person when it comes to music. Like I play along with a lot of singers and songwriters and things like that, but like 
I, I don't write a whole lot of music because it's just not my it's not my bag, you know. And I, I, uh, I find it I find it difficult. Do you did you find it difficult to write music your first few songs, and did it ever get easier or? No, I mean, I, I, I mean, speaking of poetry, I've been writing poetry since I was probably, you know, 12 years old. So like writing rhythmically has always, you know, kind of come easy to me. Um, and I, I like saying stuff in a way that it hasn't quite been said yet. So the challenge of writing is, uh, it comes, it, it, some songs have come really easy and there's some that I've really struggled with the hammer out, but it's, uh, uh, each one is different. So now, now that begs me to question, we're going to just loop nicely back into how did you get started playing guitar by this? Like you said, you, you've been writing poetry or like rhythmically writing, uh, things down for, uh, you know, since you were 12 years old. So at what point in time yeah, did I'll, you, I'll be 41 next month. What's that? I said, I'll be 41 next month. Jeez. You don't look so 41. It- Man, everyone on the Patreon, you're getting a, a, a sweet deal here. Holy cow. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, okay. So I'm shocked. But uh, any, anywho, did, at what point in time did you decide to pick up a guitar and apply some of this uh, skill that you either knew or didn't know you had to the guitar? So, so music's always been in my family. My uh, grandpa and grandma on my mom's side um, are bluegrass players. Nice. So I've been I've been hearing a banjo and an upright bass and guitar since you know I was in a crib. Um, I never really had an interest in in picking one up myself. Um, but when I was eighteen, my mom gave me uh, this Alvarez guitar back here. Oh, nice! And I didn't do anything with it. Um, I went to the military. Um, had kids, got married, all that stuff, and got divorced. And when I was 29, I picked that guitar up. And I started teaching myself how to play. And uh, that's that's where my love of guitar started. I mean, it it was sometimes 12 hours a day of the worst music you've ever heard in your life uh, until it gradually started, you know, manipulating itself into music. Uh, I love that, though. Like, I, 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 it's almost like the, the times when you were playing the guitar where it, it may or may not have been good. Um, I feel like those times, like they're almost just like deleted from my memory. I don't know how many hours I spent horribly playing guitar. And then all of a sudden I just got comfortable with it and I was, I was better at it. And I, I don't know what makes some of us power through those crappy times, uh, you know, when we're not good at the instrument, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kept my fingers saying you can do this because I clearly couldn't at the time, but uh, I kept I kept trying. <laughs> yeah, well, I, nobody could play the guitar when they first, you know. I let me I okay. Th- you're gonna you're gonna love this. So there's a comedian named Pete Coriel, and he's got a line in one of his comedy uh, bits or something like that, and it goes something along the lines of, "If I didn't see somebody playing a guitar, I would think it was impossible." Like if somebody just handed it to you and was like, "Play this," it's an instrument. I'd be like, "What the heck is this thing?" You know. But then you see, it's like, oh, Eddie Van Halen can do this. Okay, so, so, you know, I can do this, you know, or whatever. You know, not that you can do what Eddie Van Halen can do, but it's still like one of those things where it's, you know, it's possible. There's glints of good stuff always happening when you're first starting. So you're like, I just need to tie this all together and it's going to be good. And it's so awesome. You start. I first kind of hit my first couple licks and I thought I was doing something. And then I had a buddy pick it up and he just shredded my guitar. And I was like, I, you know, I, do I keep going? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what this thing's supposed to sound like. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's always kind of like humbling though too, but it's always nice to have like a buddy that you can just be like, Oh, you play guitar. I can always bounce an idea or two off of you or play along with you. And you get better by association right. that way, you know, too, you know? Yep. And, uh, the other cool thing is you started when you were older. Like, uh, I mean, I started yeah, pl- yeah. I started playing guitar when I was like 16, but I quit when I was like 20 and I didn't pick it up until my, again, until my late twenties. So like I have kind of a similar ish story, but it's yours is totally different. You didn't start until your late twenties at all, which is like super cool. Cause it just goes to show you, you know, anyone can go do this if you just choose to go do it. You know, it's never, right. yeah. it's never too late. I mean, that's definitely an inspiration, uh, for me and any, anyone else. Uh, I mean, it's, I could just pick, it tells me I could go pick up another instrument and probably learn it if I really wanted to go crazy, you know? 
I started playing the piano like six months ago. I'm, I've also taught myself that. So. Oh, cool. That's awesome. And you have somebody in, in your band now that plays piano. So if you ever need to, you can bounce back. Yeah. That's so cool. You, maybe uh, maybe one of your next songs would just be like a two-piano ballad or something. Oh, that'd be nice. Ooh, that'd be super crazy. I'd love that. Uh, I'd go for that for sure. So, I mean, it's crazy. So how long was it between you starting to play guitar before you ran into Rob then? Rob being, oh, for those that don't remember, so, Rob's the other guitarist in the band. From the time I picked up a guitar... Um, that was 2010, or yeah, 2010 ish when I started playing. I didn't meet Rob till about 2018. All right, and started in late 2018 or 2019, somewhere in there. So, yep. oh man, that's crazy. So it's like eight, eight or nine years in there. And you said you were in another band. Uh, were you in like multiple bands through that time span, or did you ever like go solo no. or anything? No, I mean I was so I, I started solo, and then I. Uh, uh, so my, my wife, actually, I, I never had any dreams of like taking my guitar out and playing in front of people. Um, I just, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a car singer. I was a shower singer. I wasn't a, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of always knew I could sing. Um, and then once I picked up a guitar, I would sing, you know, around the house, around campfires and she kind of pushed me into it, bought me, you know, a Bose, uh, L2 or whatever. And, you know, PA system and, uh, my first show was actually, uh, I've, I proposed to her at my first show. Oh, that's awesome. And she had no idea it was coming. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, it just progressed from there. And then I met a buddy that I went to high school with who was getting into music and we started a little band for a little bit and family took me other places. And so I stopped playing for a little bit for a year or two live and then went back to playing by myself. It is weird though. Like you said, you start playing the guitar, you don't have any aspirations of going up on stage. Uh, you got somebody that believed in you and they pushed you to do it. And that's usually what it is, is somebody else kind of, it's almost like another musician or like somebody else that, you know, like you said, believes in you and they're almost like goading you into it. Like, get up there, come on, go up there and do it. You know, yeah, you, you can do this, go up there. And it's almost never like any of our choice. Like, I mean, we all dream of it kind of like, yeah, I'm going to play the guitar. It'd be cool to be like, you know, famous playing guitar. But at the same time, like we're never like, ah, I'm never going to go playing in bars and things like that, you know? And then before you know it, you find yourself playing in bars. <laughs> it's always that way. Yeah. I heard, uh, uh, my sister-in-law posted a video of me back in 2013 playing at like pumpkin fest or something. It was rough. Oh man, I, I've grown a little bit. God, it was rough. I I always look back at the old videos and cringe, but then I always tell myself, "Hey, you got better. You got better." You know. Um, yeah. There's also things like when I watch old videos. Sometimes I'll watch old videos of myself, and I'll be like, "Ah, oh, there's there's something I used to do that I enjoy that I quit doing for one reason or another because my style or patterns have changed." And I and you're like, "I'm gonna start doing that again," you know. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that that I've looked back on. Like, oh, I used to be able to play that on guitar. I haven't touched that little ditty for a minute. Oh yeah, that's. I guess I never thought of that since you've been playing for like ten years. It, you've probably gone through quite a few different songs. Even like going out playing live, the the, the set list never change or never stops changing. So, um, right. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So what were what were your musical influence when you first started playing the guitar? Like, what were some of the first songs you're like, ah, let's learn some of this or let's learn some of that? I mean, I was, uh, I'm a you know late model '81, you know, <laughs> so I'm a you know uh, late '80s and '90s country, um, uh, old hair bands. I mean, I'm all over the place. That's wild. Um, uh, but yeah, I like the '90s country. You know, when I first picked up the guitar, it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn. Um, I ventured into some Jamie Johnson and you know some newer stuff. But I, uh, I I've been thinking this like lately. I went on like a, a '90s country YouTube rabbit hole where you just like turn on a music video and it just goes to the next one, the next one, the next one. '90s country is catchy as heck. Um, it's very nice stuff, but uh, the music videos. I would say like one out of three, you're just like, what the heck is going on here in this music video? And you're like, I don't know why. <laughs> but the 90s. 
okay, fair point. Like a lot of the music videos were a little weird in the nineties. Very fair point. <laughs> but yeah, I remember watching some of them. Like this is just odd. Uh, but yeah, nineties country. I mean, that's like right now in the bar scene, you will crush with nineties country like all day and night. It's uh, right. I, I mean, those are the people that are they're at the bars. You know, that's what they listen to growing up. That's most of them. Right. You know, that's what it is. So, um, you were also saying. Was it your grandparents were in a bluegrass band? They were. Uh, they they uh, yeah they played bluegrass all over the place. And as I was growing up, they would winter in Texas and play bluegrass all the way down there. And then they'd stay in Texas for all winter and play bluegrass all over Texas, and then come back up slowly playing bluegrass to Iowa in the spring. That is the coolest thing ever. Do you think? <laughs> I mean, that's cool. I got to take a second to just be like, that's awesome. But do you think that uh, some of that, I don't want to say like, because like bluegrass, I would call like, uh, if if you go old school country, it was like almost like punk country back in the day. Because they were like, yeah. uh, I mean, like folk, people might say folk is like polk country. But these, I mean, most of the bluegrass stuff is very intensive music playing. It's a lot of finger picking and um, sometimes really odd and wild lyrics go to to bluegrass songs. Um, you sure do. <laughs> you heard them all, I'm sure. But uh, do you think? Uh, I've been to a lot of <laughs> do you think that like uh, having that older influence, like from that style of music, is what kind of led you down the uh, country route that you're on? Uh, you know, because like, I think you said uh, like outlaw country and things like that. Like those were kind of some of your favorite types of country. I believe uh, in the Steve Shetler interview you said that's kind of what you stick to mostly you don't go too much new country i don't go too much new country i just i like to hear instruments in my music and there's not a lot of instruments in music anymore it's uh it's a lot of digitally made music and i don't i don't enjoy it i don't enjoy lyrics that i can uh i can guess before they're said (laughs) yeah um this there's it just doesn't seem very creative right now in the in the pop country genre there's a lot of good country out there right now and that's not being played on the radio but there's a lot of good country out there oh yeah oh that's definitely should be said uh there's there's a lot of good music and that's not to say that like i don't know pop country it's just not made for you and me you know and that's i mean it's made for some people i mean that's that's just like that's just like saying though like regular pop music though it's just it's easily digestible like you said sometimes you can kind of guess the lyrics or it's like oh here comes another chorus or you know they're probably going to repeat this part or whatever it's it's just yeah it's just not mine (laughs) yeah and i mean all all that happened there was like literally like the people who made pop music like just leaned into the country scene and it's kind of infiltrated it a little bit and that's you're just seeing the combination of those two and that's what gets played on the radio a lot unfortunately but like you said there's that that's not saying like all the new country sucks you know there's no like, not there's a that's just the music scene in general now though like the, it seems like there's a lot of bands out there that are uh underappreciated and uh that are like like ludicrously talented you know um yeah to we have a lot of talent right in Iowa. we got some musicians here in this state that uh can tear it up oh yeah oh yeah that's for sure i mean Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's. I'm not trying to like harp on the whole like new country thing too much, but uh, yeah, I I definitely play. I play a lot of uh, newer country songs uh, in one of the bands I'm in actually, and and people love it. But it is also kind of weird when you play the song, and there's a few songs that are new country that I, I had played before I ever even heard the song, and then you go listen to the song, and you're like, well, this this is how it's supposed to go. It's like it's weird that like we fit this guitar part to it that like almost, you know, it matches, but it's like where's the guitar in the song that matches this is kind of what, you know, what we're getting at. But yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of bands out there making a lot of different music though. Like, uh, if you like nineties country or eighties country or outlaw country or Texas style country or Southern rock or whatever, like you can go right now on Spotify or anything and find a different band, you know, for every single one of those genres that's still making music. So, uh, yeah, from what I listen to your guys's music, it seems to take a lot of the uh, outlaw country and southern country and like '80s and before. I feel there's a lot of that, but it has like a modern something to it. I don't know exactly how to describe it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it either. Um, it's uh, it's a little mix of new and old. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's, I, I like the. Uh, I like to push it a little bit in both directions of outlaw, and then you know we got sad songs. We got you know. We go on both spectrums of the, of the country genre, I guess, of uh, outlaw, down to your you know your slow sad ballads. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, and I mean, is is that? Uh, I always feel like it's kind of a crazy thing if if you got a songwriter that can write songs that are that you know. I guess it's just two sides of the same coin, and maybe that's where like me not being a songwriter, I have a disconnect. But you know, I guess I I grew up listening to a lot of like metal and things like that but there were ballads in metal though too you know hair metal bands I, like the ballads were all the popular songs but you know yeah i mean that's that's all you know it's it's just all me growing up in that that 80s and 90s and hearing all that different influences from rock to country to i mean I, even rap in the early 90s was big in my life you know <laughs> i mean it's how can you not grow up in the early 90s and appreciate all the music really i mean the hair bands the grunge the I love it all. Uh, yeah, there was, there was a magical time between like about 1989 to about 1992 or three, where it was just like there were no rules. There was like hair metal bands that were grunge bands all of a sudden, and and bands that were new bands that were somewhere in between the two. And and yeah, I mean that's I'm I'm really close to your age. I'm I'm a little bit younger than you, but it's like I grew up in that same time span and that's always where I look back to like, yeah, there was some gold being made in that time span. So it's uh it's cool. Yeah, so writing a song, I never think that I'm writing a country song. Like I'm just writing a song and like I I hear all that in my head, uh but when I sing it, it comes out country every time. Like there's <laughs> it you can't really put it in another genre when it comes out of my mouth. It just that's where it lands. Oh man, that, that's funny. Uh, I actually talked to a, a singer songwriter a while back, and they said the same thing. They aren't they don't write songs with like a genre in mind. It just kind of comes out, and then it just leans towards country. If you had to, he's like, like what do you call it? He's like, I don't know, country. Like I guess if you had to put like a one title on it. But uh, are you originally right. are you originally from Iowa then? I am. Yeah, I graduated from uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie. Nice. It, it sounds like. I don't want to say like it sounds like you have almost maybe an accent, but like, do you have an accent? I mean, I lived in North Carolina for several years, lived in Montana for a couple of years. Um, when I joined the military, I left Iowa for a while and just bounced around. Maybe you just have like the cowboy accent. I don't know. <laughs> Very well could be. Very well could be. That's awesome, man. Uh, I do want to like bring it back around though. Like we've been talking uh, about you and like where you came from. You know, vocalist. You play the uh, acoustic guitar in the band. The band is American made. Uh, I just I have to throw that out there one more time at least, so people uh, you know kind of tie it back around. Yeah, to I that. appreciate. Uh, EP came out in 2020. I do remember on the the Steve Shetler KBOE interview though that you played a new song. So that begs me to question. <laughs> Uh, do you have just like, you're talking about writing songs and keeping them and stuff like that. Like, how do you decide what songs you're going to record? Cause I'm, I'm just going to assume that you have a handful of like new songs and some of them you decide to play and some you don't. And how do you decide when a song's done or how do you decide to like, Oh, I wrote this, but it's done and I'm not going to play it. Or when do you decide to like, I'm not going to church this up anymore. Or I should church this up more. Like, where do you draw the line on that? Uh, it's a, it's a fine line. <laughs> so sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I have to play a song a hundred, 200 times before it evolves into the song that I actually want it to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it lands right where I was expecting it to. Okay. So when I feel like it's, when it's right there, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to sing it at a show. I'm ready to record it. Um, and then, yeah, like there's others that I just like, it's there, but it's not there yet. And I'll just keep working it and keep playing it until I like, oh, that that changed. That needed to change. This change happened. And I sang it this way this time where I you know, took a pause here, whatever it is, to change the song. To, so I feel like it clicks at this point. Yeah. I mean, could that also be a situation where you're like, I've got this song. I'm going to take it to Sarah and Rob, you know, the rest of the band. And we'll say, like, this is what I got so far. Like, what do you think? You know, what what needs to happen? Should we rearrange it? What you know, what's this or? Yeah, exactly. And then there's a like there's you know two songs that we've recorded that we'd both like to go back and change some things. Like there's 
same thing that it's just ones that we should have played more because it's the more that we have played it the more we played it live it's just evolved into a little bit different a little smoother a little you know a little just more complete song yeah that seems to happen too a lot because i mean like that we're talking about where we draw in lines that's another one where you draw the line like how many times do you play a song live before you record it do you play it 200 times live and then finally record it or or do you do you record it and then put it out and then finally play it live like you know quote unquote the pros do or whatever you know like that seems right. to be the way they do it so uh it's it's almost like backwards the way we do it in in the the local scene but at the same time like it's it's one of those weird things like you said though like i've been in bands where we've recorded songs and then you go and you play them two three four years and then before you know it it's it's still the same song but it's slightly different right you know uh, we add more fills here. We add a pause there. We add, you know, a build up to this part or whatever, you know. And I mean, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just those little bits can be the, you know, the chef's kiss on on songs that are just like, ah, this is what made this song this song. And uh, it's unfortunate sometimes you end up like recording these songs too early or whatever, and then you got to be like, do we re-record this? Is it is it worth it to re-record this? If we put it on an album, will people get mad because this song's on two albums straight or like whatever? Um, I mean, there's all those kind of background things to think about, but I did, I, I did, uh, want to ask you though, on, on your first album, where did you record that? Did I ask you that already? No, not yet. Uh, we recorded at flat black studios, which is uh South Iowa city. Oh, cool. Um, and I really enjoyed that place. It was a fantastic place to record. Nice. Nice. So we were talking about writing new songs. Do you have a new EP or any new recordings that uh, are on the docket? Let me ask you that. So we are going to go back to the studio here uh, real soon. We have God, I, I, I have a, I have a bunch of songs. So, <laughs> I, I them. so is that going to be a situation where I mean, this is another thing where some people go in the studio. They're like, these are the ten songs. We're recording these ten, and then we're done. Other people go in and they're like, I have 25 songs I want to record and we're going to record them and I'll take the 10 best as they sound in the recording. You know, like some people will do it that way. I mean, like the pros, once again, the pros, they're like, you know, suction cup to this contract that tells them they have to put out, you know, 15 and the and then the record company big heads will choose the best 10 and put it on or whatever, you know. So well, I, guess- I pay for studio time so we're going in with a set number of songs <laughs> true true you don't have the contract to back it up <laughs> big big here we got right. look at all these zeros we could just pay somebody um <laughs> man that is true though like st- st- going into a studio is very beneficial to record it all in in-house like in your own home is is difficult it's time consuming it's tough to learn how to get all the mics and get everything set up and get it all done right. And then you have to learn how to mix and master. I think it's just better and more convenient to pay somebody else. It usually comes out better in my own mind. Um, but like you said, it does cost money. It does. It's, it's a rough one. Um, the benefit is, though, like if, if you can play the live shows and save up a couple bucks, it can kind of put a dent in it. You know, your live shows can kind of pay for the recording. So. Um, absolutely so when are the plans for this new album going to come to fruition is it still just like a uh we've got this general idea or do you have studio time scheduled out uh already to record this no we don't don't have any studio time scheduled out yet um we have to make some plans for this to happen so uh you know sarah and rob both have uh nine to five so it's uh, we got we have to schedule stuff yeah i mean that's another good point to bring up like even though we're all musicians, I would say like 99% of us have job jobs, you know, it's just, yep. it's just, just the way it is. Oh, we got a, my cat. It's going to jump in the frame here. Maybe hopefully we, she doesn't wreck anything. Um, <laughs> so new recordings, are you going to go full album on the new recordings or are you thinking to doing another EP? Cause I think your last one was six songs. Uh, five, I think five songs. Maybe it was, uh, but no, it'll be a full album this time. What do, you, what do you want, Kat? Um, this is going to be awesome. Uh, so when we say full album, we talking 10, 12, 15? Ooh, Kat. 10. No, there'll probably be 15 on there. Jeez. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine writing one song, let alone 15. <laughs> oh, uh, I've been busy this year writing songs. Guys, sounds uh, like it. 
I've dedicated, you know, every day, there's at least one hour out of the day where I'm sitting down to do nothing but write. I don't have anything going on. There's no sound. There's no background noise. I'm just sitting down and writing. Wow. That's wild. I guess that it's honestly what it takes. I mean, it's, it's just like, wow, it's dedication. It's like, yeah, but you had the same dedication when you wanted to learn how to play the guitar. You just sat down with no distractions and did it. You know, I, I don't know why yep. songwriting would literally be any different. But yeah, it's, I guess, I don't know. It's weird when you think about that. And um, I guess generally speaking, and then you draw the parallel in your brain where you're like, oh, it's, it's, geez, cat. It's, it's like the question, like, how did you get so good? I practiced. And it's like, there's got to be something else. It's like, no, I, I practiced, you know? Uh, just like having you know, them 12 hours of crappy music played on a the guitar, there's several hours where there's maybe four words written down. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. that'd be rough. You know, there's there's a lot of writer's block. There's a lot of an idea of how you want something to get a certain way, but you don't quite know how to word it to get there. Yeah. And, you know. I'm, I guess, yeah. I don't know. that. I, like I said, once again, this is me being not a songwriter talking about songwriting. So it, it kind of feels like this whole thing just feels foreign to me. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that aren't songwriters either and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's just, it's just mind blowing to me that, um, I guess it just feels like it takes so much dedication and organization to get a song written. Like you said, from the, uh, sitting in traffic or whatever to voice recording your, uh, memos to, to reorganizing them in your downtime, to writing out a full song, to figuring out what guitar parts fit it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it just seems like it, I mean, like yeah, when you go to write these songs down or when you go to write, do your songwriting, you already have this like preloaded memo pad, but it's still, it's, you still had to do the work to do that on your downtime. Um, I guess like that probably doesn't leave a whole lot of free time elsewhere. I wouldn't imagine if you're, I mean, like I just, it, to me, it just, I just imagine you like at every waking moment, you're like waking up in the middle of the night, and, like writing stuff down. And then you like, you wake up in the morning, you're like brushing your teeth. And you're like, wait a second. You just, oh, well, I got to write, you got to re- voice record this. Like, I just imagine you're just like always doing this at all hours of the day. I mean, sometimes, but it, sometimes, you know, it doesn't take that long to write, oh, six words down, you know, like, oh, this line. Uh, that, uh, and you know, sometimes there's a, like, I never go into that hour each day saying i'm gonna write this kind of song i kind of just sit down and see how i feel see what comes to mind and uh just kind of let it all come organically and just uh <laughs> kind of let it come to me sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't did it did it take a while to you i mean i guess you said it there like you just let it come to you organically did it take you a while to figure out that was probably the best way for you to do it because i guess with me like my brain's just like, I would just be like, you have to write a song a day. And then it's like, I mean, you know, eventually you'd be going for low hanging fruit some days. You'd just be like, well, here's a crappy song. Boom. Yeah, it's because done. I don't, I don't want to force it. Um, and, and when I do force it, then corny lines come out and stuff that just feels, it feels forced. And that's not, you know, that's not how I want to write. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that makes a lot of sense. It's, I just think, uh, songwriters like, like you that are out there in the state and there's, there's a decent amount of them, but like, I just can't believe there's, there's so many people writing so many good songs and going out and playing them live. And it's just, uh, I, I just feel like honored, honestly, just to go out there and play along with, with so many different singer songwriters that I have, you know, and it's, uh, it's one of those things that I've, I guess I was thinking about it today where like a, a buddy of mine who's a songwriter was like, man, you're so good at guitar. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you're good at songwriting. You know, me being good at the guitar is like saying I'm a good car driver, but you're like a good mechanic, you know, like I can't drive this car unless a mechanic, you know, fixes this thing for me or whatever, you know, and that's, that's kind of how it works. And, uh, I, you, you kind of need one with the other. It's a symbiotic relationship. Is that, is that the right way to use that? Whatever. Is oh, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, uh, it definitely takes one with the other, and it's uh, it's it's just fun when you uh, finally meet up with like people that are kind of like minded, like you and Rob, and then you end up running into Sarah, and uh, you got a three piece going now. I, I did go to your guys's Facebook. I did see you had social media. Uh, do you have Instagram too? No. Okay. Um, and then I'm, I'm guessing you say Facebook and TikTok. 
Yep. You got a TikTok. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, you did. You did share me a TikTok. So I'll have to grab the TikTok link for me to share. But uh, links are down below for all the social media. But I did see you guys do have some shows uh, coming up on your social media. I did want to talk about what was the, I didn't write it down. Um, you played first. I would say you played like a, was it Apple Fest. You played in Wisconsin. Super cool. Yeah. How, how was that? That was fun. Um, uh, good band before us, and then the rain came and the lightning, and I'm glad that we we were outside, but we were covered. Okay. And uh, glad all the people stayed, and it was a, it was a fun time. It was a good show. Nice, nice. <laughs> I uh, I just thought that was really cool. You know, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on up there, especially like Apple Fest. Uh, it's good stuff. But I do want to also mention where was I'm gonna have to try and pull this out of the back of my head. You played a, at a venue. Was it like the old hospital bar? Or something like that. Old hospital. One more yeah. time. What was it? Old hospital pub. Nice. Okay. So I was just intrigued by the name. Uh, it's like I saw a picture of this building and it just says hospital on it. So it's, I'm assuming it's just an old hospital. Somebody turned into a bar. So there is the, uh, it's a huge Braille school in Benton, uh, Benton, Iowa. Okay. And uh, the campus had a, uh, had like its own post office and a hospital and like this big huge main building and uh they sold it a couple of years ago and somebody bought it and made it into a pub and yeah that's uh we played there twice here this uh <laughs> summer fall that's awesome i i <coughs> excuse me yeah that's that's really awesome i'd seen that venue and uh i guess i'd i'd you know, just doing what I do, playing shows and being on the podcast and go, looking at all the band stuff. I've seen a lot of venues come across, but that was one where I was just like, old, old hospital pub. You know, it's, that's, a wild, that's a wild one. That's, I've seen a lot of people play in a lot of weird places. That's really cool, you know. Um, I guess, and that's, uh, you said it was in Vinton. Uh, that's, that's where you guys are based out of. Was it Vinton and uh, was it Shellsburg? And I live, I live in Shellsburg, yep. Okay. Those both rocks there live in Vinton. Oh, man. Okay, so, and that's. Uh, like the, uh, give me a second. It's between, uh, Cedar Rapids. No, it's, uh, Iowa fall. No, gosh. It's the I-380, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. It's like halfway in between the, uh, Waterloo and Iowa city kind of somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen the exit signs. I'm going to come visit. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, uh, so you've played shows in Wisconsin. I saw you played a few shows in Vinton and that surrounding area. Uh, how, how far does your like radius usually go or, or do you guys do a lot of out of state shows where was that just like a one-off? Uh, not a lot. Uh, we've uh, Rob and I played in Missouri. Um, I used to play in Illinois, um, Wisconsin, cool. but I mean, we'll travel wherever. We just like to play music. Give us a venue. We'll be there nice nice that's really cool that's awesome um we're kind of getting close to an hour here i do have most of the stuff on my list here checked off i do want to mention one more time the band is american made uh you can find all of the american made social media and information down below i'll put links down there so make sure you click on that and check it out uh i did find your guys's music like i said i you sent me some youtube links then i found it on uh spotify so it's out there it's on all social medias it's on or on all the streaming services excuse me right yep yeah absolutely all right so you can find that ep uh it's called both sides pretty much anywhere you do have plans to go back to the studio to make a full length album this next time oh, i got big plans to go back to the studio uh, absolutely it's gonna be so fun when uh when you decide to do that you'll have to let me know and and be in touch and we'll we'll talk about it on the podcast again maybe oh absolutely I will. awesome i'm so i'm stoked so uh is there anything, I guess I, is, was there anything else that I, I should mention on here that, uh, I think we got it all. No, no, I think we got it all too. So. All right. Yeah. This is a good time. Uh, I appreciate you sitting down and talking with me. Uh, stick tight. I'm going to end the recordings, but thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, another good episode. I don't know why I enjoy sitting down and talking with people I've never met before, but it, like I said in the intro, it just kind of gives me a chance to kind of free flow. I got some notes here, you know, I sit down and listen to the music. I talk to them about some of the stuff I found out. We do a little, you know, pre-show talking and then just kind of, kind of go for it, you know, and oh my gosh, the stuff I edited off the front of this was amazing. Um, it goes by like 40 names. Uh, I, I mispronounced the name. I mean, it's, it was nonstop. Uh, but yeah, we got it all edited up and it sounds great. Uh, Marshall was an amazing guest. He was tons of fun to sit down and talk to. 
uh, you know, he just seems like a guy that's in really good spirits about music, and that's you know one of those things I enjoy. He just he just really enjoys playing music, and uh, you know, it's another one of those things that where like people's influences are also really really fun. You know, like uh, his grandparents and the bluegrass and, and all that stuff. You know, kind of leads him to to be interested in different types of music that you know other people might not be interested in. You know, depending on who you're around when you're growing up and things like that, that changes who. You, you know you know what kind of music is influencing you or what kind of people bring what types of music to your lives and things like that because you know I remember when I was growing up my parents were a little bit older so we listened to a lot of you know like Roy Orbison in that era or earlier type music you know or you know around that area and it wasn't until uh, pretty much my teenage years that I started listening to more modern stuff so it's kind of wild to think that it wasn't until I was like a teenager that I finally started branching out on my own uh, and listening to other music, you know, that I would choose. But it, it's wild to sit and think about, like, when you sit down and you choose all this music and then you and you kind of throw it in a can and what you get, it's, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, we talked about that with in this episode where you can't really define the music specifically one way. Um, but when you put all the influences together and it just comes out this way, that's uh, that's pretty much what American Made is. And uh, I like that. I like that about the band. And I, I like the fact that the band is malleable. It can change. It can do things if it really needs to. Uh, it's it's complex yet simple, you know, by design. It's 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 supposed to be that way. It's I love it. I love the concept of it. So check out the links down below. I got I got the Facebook. I found the Facebook at least. So I'll uh, keep in touch with. Uh, Marshall and make sure I get some more social media down there if I can find them but yeah uh, there's going to be links down below so make sure you click on those check out the music uh, give it a listen uh, you know check it out I enjoyed it so uh, otherwise uh, there's links down below for Audible Farm goodness Uh, the Audible Farm website has all the Audible Farm stuff you need I mean there's uh, links to the shop links to the social media links to the YouTube you can listen to the podcast directly from there you can send us a message if you want to talk to us about something um and along those lines, I've, I've actually gotten a few emails and messages recently. Uh, I'm going back through the back catalogs. I don't want to, like, you know, pull the curtain back too much, but uh, some of these episodes are pre-recorded uh, by quite a ways just because I'm trying to catch up on uh, what I've got going on. And I've got uh, a little bit more free time now than I used to, so... Uh, I'm trying to find something to fill the holes, and this is what it is. So, uh, yeah, keep reaching out. Uh, please keep being patient. I'm trying my best to, to get to everyone the best I can. I'm still going back in time and, and trying to rescue some of the old messages that got lost and slipped through the cracks or the, or the interviews that didn't quite happen. I'm still trying to find some of those people, but it's tough because, you know, the years uh, ha- aren't always, you know, as graceful to everyone. And uh, some people's bands fall apart and they don't find new ones. And that's a sad deal. You know, it's uh, that's somebody out there in the music scene, not making music anymore. So, uh, yes, if, if you're listening to this still and you're like, I reached out to this guy like six months ago and he never got back to me, I'm working on it. I'm trying my best. Uh, I actually, um, I mean, there's a few of the guests that I've had on recently that are some of those people. Um, not all of them, but some of them. So I'm doing my best. I'm scheduling them out. It's pretty fun. I'm doing a good job of this, I think, uh, catching back up. So uh, apologize to some of the old guests. But yeah, if you guys want to message me, hit me up there. I'm, I'm, I'm spitting them out I'm, I'm replying to everyone as fast as i can and recording these and scheduling them out uh, on all the downtime i can afford so uh thank you guys very much for listening to the podcast i do also want to say thanks once again to the patreon subscribers uh you guys kind of by default are, are like forcing me to keep going and I, i'm trying to think of different content that would go on there um if you're not a patreon subscriber uh, what would make you a Patreon subscriber? What would you pay a dollar a month to, to check out that would only be for the people that are subscribing? Uh, I'm still trying to find new show ideas or things or you know little mini interview segments I can do or something. Just goofy stuff I can one-off and throw on there and it'll just be kind of fun. So if you have any ideas, let me know. Otherwise, uh, yeah, video versions of the podcast, boom, they're right there. I, I do my best uh, to edit the video versions up and get them on there. Had a lot of people saying they wanted them and they're on there and the people that wanted them, they watch them. So... Uh, thank you guys for watching the video versions. It makes me smile knowing that there's people out there watching them. And uh, thank you all on the Patreon channel. It's uh, it's much appreciated. If you guys want to support the Audible Farm uh, podcast in some fashion and you don't want to do the Patreon, there's the Audible Farm shop, which has uh, T-shirts, hoodies, and all sorts of stuff. It's getting cold out. Get them hoodies. Otherwise, uh, I think the best way to support is honestly just word of mouth. It's free. You find a you find an interview you like, like this one. If you like this interview. Just share it with somebody. Share it with somebody you, you think you would like this. 
Uh, if you know Marshall, send it to, to send it to one of his buddies. Hey, check this out. Or if you don't know him, send it to one of your buddies and be like, hey, check this out. You know, that's the. Be- I still think that's the best promotion for anything. Word of mouth. I just think it is. So uh, thank you guys for supporting the podcast in every way you do by listening, liking, subscribing, sharing, uh, interacting on Facebook, social media, all that. I absolutely love it. Thank you guys very much. Uh, I'll come back next week and I'll check you next week. All right. Peace.